dress, blue dress, devil with the blue dress on. Yeah! Yes, Sam. Go to hell, Carolina, <laughs> son. Go to hell, Carolina. Go to hell. Good evening. It is uh, Wednesday, February 17th. This is episode 45 of the Duke Basketball Report podcast. 46. Is a 46. 46. Excuse me. I'm so excited. 46. Or 45A. This is 45A. It's like an appendum. I vote we call this episode 74 to 73 because that was <laughs> <laughs> Yes. This is this is episode seventy four seventy three of the Duke Basketball Report podcast. Um, we are we are recording uh, about an hour, maybe a little less, after Duke has beaten Carolina by the score of seventy four seventy three in the Dean Dome. I am your host this week, Sam Klein, uh, coming from Denver, Colorado. As usual, I have Donald Wine in Washington D.C. Yo, it's lit up here in D.C. Let's go! I'm ready. And down and down in Atlanta, Georgia, Jason Evans. We had no business winning that game, which makes it so much fun. I don't even right. care. I don't even care. We had no business winning that game. None. Let me, let None. Go, we'll just go around. I guess I'll start with Jason. Jason, tell us about how little Duke deserved to win a game where they only had like five players. So oh, wait. So it's not deserved because our guys fought. They fought like men. Um, and by the way, people, if you have little children around, you may want to clear them away from the podcast uh listening arena because there may be some swearing going on we played like motherfuckers that's what happened <laughs> no yeah, tell them <laughs> that is what happened we played hard so deserved it's not a matter of it's not a matter of deserved but it's it's a matter of if you objectively watch the game folks if you turn the score off if you just watched what happened in the game then you would have thought carolina won by 10 or 15 points they were, they were so much better on the boards. This is what we were afraid of. So Carolina had 18 offensive rebounds on 40 missed shots. That's a 45% offensive rebound rate. Basically, we talked about it. They tossed the ball at the rim, and then they went and grabbed it. And the guy who mostly grabbed it was Bryce Johnson, who was absurd, ridiculous, crazy. But as Jay Williams pointed out in the postgame, and this, this is really – this was a big deal. With 10 minutes left in the game, with 10 minutes left in the game – Bryce Johnson had 27 points and 18 rebounds, which are crazy stats, just stupid kind of numbers. He finished with only two more points and one more rebound, 29 points, 19 rebounds. Now, 29 and 19 is like just stupid, absurd, ridiculous kind of numbers. But in the final 10 minutes, he did nothing. Uh, someone explained to me how – guys, explain to me how Marshall Pumley – Marshall wait, wait. check back in. Marshall picks up his fourth foul. Yep. He goes out, then he comes second with ten and a half minutes left, and Carolina promptly starts doing what? They start jacking up three pointers. This is the worst coach team in the country. I, you guys talk for a minute. I just can't, I can't believe we won. What did yeah, what, sorry, what, go ahead, Don. Go ahead. What did I what did I say in our last podcast about Roy Williams? What did I say? I said oh, yeah. he does not like coaching in big game situations and at the end of the game he had not one not two but three timeouts left and he used zero of them I, I, I'm telling you with with what with 12 minutes left of the game when Marshall Plumlee checks back in with four fouls like you said they did not go after him they started shooting three-pointers which they were terrible at I believe what were they uh tonight from three one for 13, one of 13. One of 13. that's a bad percentage like literally, you could toss the ball at the rim blindfolded and get one of thirteen. 
Like, yep. they, like they they abandoned their game plan. They they went away from the guy that brought the, that got them all the way there. Bryce Johnson, like you said, he had two points and one rebound with Marshall Plumley guarding him the rest of the game with four fouls. They didn't or try to Marshall check Plumlee, him or Marshall anything. Marshall Plumley or Brandon Ingram, who as good as he is on defense, can't really do much against Bryce Johnson. And we we said we said the other day when we when we talked about this game that you know. Duke has to make a decision on what to do about Bryce Johnson because he's so clearly their best player and they kind of just let him do what he does and shut down everybody else. And especially down the stretch, as you point out, for whatever reason, Carolina just stopped giving him the ball. And the one, um, and the one, the one point, the one basket he had once Plumlee checked back in game was, I think if I recall correctly, right after he checked back in yeah. where they had a little yes, sequence yes. where he ended up with a, with an easy dunk. Those are the only two points he had the rest of the game. All right. I want to, I want to pose you guys a question. Um, at that moment when Marshall checked back in with ten and a half minutes left, what was your thought, uh, Woos- Donald? You first. Woosa. What What does that mean? <laughs> Woosa is, yeah. is, is, is if you've seen Bad Boys Two, you know exactly what Woosa is. When things aren't going your way, when things are, are are just feel like the world's collapsing on you, you grab your little pressure points behind your ears, you rub them, and you say Woosa, and everything is okay. So I was just Woosaing in the. Jason, I, I, don't, I don't know how to respond to that. Jason, what did you think when they put when Coach K put Marshall Plumley back in? I mean, I thought it was a very risky move. It was, um, I was terrified because um, Chase Jeter had tried to give us a few minutes and he grabbed an offensive rebound and promptly walked with the ball and he committed a foul. And and look, Chase is doing his best. I mean, uh, but I was terrified. I, uh, there were several times in this game when I thought we were going, when I was sure we were going to lose. Yeah, I, I, with, with 13 and a half minutes left, with when Marshall picked up his fourth, I was sure we were going to lose. I don't want to... I don't with, want to pretend like you know, go ahead, go ahead. With Shoot, with six up. and a half minutes left, when Carolina when Carolina went up by eight, with six and a half minutes left, I was sure we were gonna lose. And by the way, that was the moment that Brandon Ingram, who you know, there was an article about how Brandon Ingram almost went to UNC and what would Carolina's season be if they had Brandon Ingram. I don't even want to dream about that. Um, they would be number one with a bullet because he's an amazing, amazing, remarkable player. But Brandon Ingram basically it was sixty-eight to sixty with six minutes left, and Brandon Ingram said, Yeah, you know what? I'm taking over my game. And he scored three straight buckets to give us life. Um, and I'll tell you, you know, the first moment I thought I was sure we were going to lose. I was sure with seven and a half minutes left when Matt Jones twisted his ankle and oh Carolina was God. leading 30 to 24. And it looked, they were only up six. I was certain that we were about to get blown it out. Looked, it's and, so bad. It looked so bad, too. And he, like, Luke, oh, Luke, so bad. Luke Kennard hit an on-the-move three-pointer from 22 feet with a guy in his face that, like, I, and 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 that was the moment when I went, wait, wait, maybe we're not going to lose this game. The, the, I kept looking up at the box score, or at the, not the box score, at the, at the scoreboard, um, probably, like, every minute, and just thinking, man, we're still just only, like, two possessions behind. Like, the whole, I mean, other than the part where UNC went, they were up by seven, and they were up by eight, and then the, and then the lead started chipping away, and it was like, Man, we're only down two possessions. We're only down one possession. We're only down three possessions. Like, as 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 much as Carolina felt like, as you said, Jason, as much as they felt like they were in control of the game, they really weren't. Um, they never they never really managed to pull away from Duke, despite the fact that in the second half, Duke only had five players. Um, you know, Chase Jeter played a couple minutes while while Plumley sat with the fouls. I thought, and going back to my question, I when when Coach K put Plumley back in, I said the only way we're winning this game is if Plumlee comes in now and, and can give us, you know, seven, eight, nine minutes uh, without fouling again. Because, or 10 and, and a half. 
or yeah. ten and a half. Or, or, or as it, and as it turned out, it was ten and a half. And you know what? He was productive in that time, as productive as he could possibly be, given that he had to, you know, wait in the paint and not and not be as aggressive on defense as he wanted to be. He still made a couple of baskets. He still got a couple of rebounds. Uh, he was still yeah. Very he battled. He, he yeah. still battled. Yeah. So, so yeah. Sam, your your sentiment was the same as mine. I was at the uh, Duke DC watch party. Shout shout out to Laughing Man Tavern. Everybody who was down there uh, tonight. There's about two three hundred people there. Um, we everyone in the in the building was basically like, hey, we're I don't know how, but we're only down four. We're only down six. We're only down eight. Like we, I I think the biggest lead of the game was what seven eight points. It was the and, eight, the eight point it, lead was six and a half minutes left. Was the biggest right, lead? Yeah, it was the biggest lead of the game. And it, throughout all of that, we were kind of like. I don't know how we're in this game, but we're still in it. So it, it was it was almost a surreal like feeling the entire game that like I wasn't even mad at the first half. Like we were down four at, at the break and we're like, look, we're down four to a team that on paper with everybody on our team, people would probably think we would lose that game on paper. And we had we were down to five players and we were somehow only down four. And every time they they seemed like they were about to pull away. Our team just showed this brilliant, big-ass heart that we've had basically since the second half of the UVA game a few few days ago, and somehow just was just stayed in there because it's it's it sounds like this team is very together, and and you could tell throughout the game they weren't getting down on each other. You've seen at times this season where uh, if someone makes a bad play, they've gotten on each other, not like in a bad way, but they've gotten on each other. There was none of that tonight. They were all together. They were all locked in. They were all focused. And at the end, every single guy contributed in some way in that final two minutes of the game, whether it was scoring a point, locking down their man on defense, they all showed something that gave us this victory. And I still don't know how it happened, well, but well, you I'm know, so glad it did. They're all walking around, that, that those five guys especially are walking around West Campus tonight at the bonfire doing the Sam Cassell big balls dance. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because the amount of poise that it took to uh, to stay in that game, to, to stay aggressive. Um, only Plumley, uh, or it looks like Thornton ended up with three fouls. Plumley ended up with four. Everybody else was two. Um, uh, everybody else ended up with two fouls. They they played manic defense at the end. Thornton with the block at the end of the game to seal it uh, was was unbelievable. Hey, and by um, the way, by the way, in addition to Thornton's block, the play right before that, I was going to yeah. say one of the amazing things about this game was that it wasn't a game where it was decided by offense. To me, very much it was decided by defense. Right. Um, Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard had a big block on the play right before the one where Thornton had the block. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, 74 to 73 is not like an outrageous, super high offensive uh, number. It, it wasn't It wasn't that Duke was like – or either team was shooting great. I mean – Duke hit 36, 37% of our three-pointers. That's like right around our season average. We had 41% of our shots in the field. That's a little less than we do in the season. We were good from the free-throw line, but it, the, the amazing thing to me, it wasn't just that we got hot. Other than Luke Kennard, there's no one on the team who you go, oh, that guy had an incredible offensive game. It was that we just played with a lot of grit, with a lot of heart. We played together. We played smart, um, and we made the most of every opportunity that we had, and Man, that, that's a wonderful, wonderful thing when you see it happen. God, it's yeah, Duke, great. Duke really didn't actually shoot that well. They only shot 41% from the field, and that's including a perfect night for Marshall Plumley. and obviously Marshall doesn't take you know long-distance shots. Uh, Ingram was only 7 for 21, and Grayson Allen was only 7 for 18, and Derek Thornton was only 2 for 9. Uh, it was yeah. really just Kennard and, and Plumley were the only two guys that had relatively efficient offensive nights. Um so, right, I mean, it, it's true. Even even on an off night for this offense, which, you know, we know that this offense is a strong one, they still managed to put up 74 points 
on an off night. Now, granted, oh. UNC's defense is not is not something to write home about. Um, but but it's amazing no. just, just how, <laughs> no. how poised they stayed all the way through the end um, and 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 managed to somehow. I I still can't fucking believe they won that game. How did they win that game? All right, also, so wait, wait, so this we only had seven assists tonight. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and they had seventeen. Carolina was just killing. Uh, Nate Britt, by the way, had six assists in fourteen minutes, and it felt like whenever he came in, Carolina got nothing but open, wide open slam dunks. I mean, they were very, they had, they had a lot they of very dunks. effective. Yeah. How did um, they not? How did they not foul out any of our guys? I don't like, know. I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't understand that. Um, they, I mean, they, they should have just been given the green light to go to go full speed at every one of our dudes on every possession. Like, like their game plan should have just been drive the ball to the hole every possession, and they didn't do it. They kept and on they, taking jumpers. I don't know what yeah. they were doing. And, 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 and they can't oh, shoot oh. to begin with. I mean, they know they can't shoot to begin with. Yeah, they're, the, they're, the, they're like the second worst three-point shooting team in the ACC behind only Wake Forest. Yeah. I, so I want to – wait, I want to get to another thing. Marcus Page. Marcus Page, who, by the way, played the most minutes of anyone in Carolina, played 35 minutes. I, I have no idea why. Um, Bryce Johnson only played 33, despite going – 13 for 17 from the field right. and yeah. pulling down 19 rebounds. Yeah, but, but instead they wanted Marcus Page in the game so he could go 2 for 10 and Joel Berry in the game so he could go 2 for 12. Marcus Page, I want to talk about this for a second. Do you guys remember when Marcus Page was a lock for sure, absolute first-round draft pick? Do you yep. remember when he was for sure going to be ACC Player of the Year? Do you remember when he was a first-team All-American? I got a Barely. question. Is Marcus Page, is he even in the conversation for like third-team All-ACC at this point? No. I don't think so. You know why? No. Because he cannot play in big games. We've seen this over and over. Everyone talks about how Marcus Page, UNC is usually ranked very high at the beginning of the season because they say Marcus Page is going to lead them to the promised land and it ain't going to be Marcus Page. Marcus Page ain't about that life. He, he showed it again tonight. Like 35 minutes, 2 for 10. He only had 7 points. And really throughout the game, he wasn't a factor at all. Like there was only maybe a couple of plays where you thought, oh no, Marcus Page is about to get into this game. We're in trouble. And he went into and clammed up like a turtle like he has done in previous games. I, I don't oh understand God. why he plays like that. How much better was – How much better was – Hold on, hold on. And, and, okay, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. How much better was Marcus Page as a sophomore than he is today as a senior? Yeah, it's like crazy. And, he and here's my freshman. theory: his best here's, year was a fre- was his freshman year. In my no, opinion. his best year was his sophomore year. He was way, he has 17 points a game as a sophomore. No, I'm I'm not talking about points. I'm just talking about just his overall game. His overall game freshman year, where he came out and he didn't have any care in the world. All he did was play and be Marcus Page. That was his fresh his freshman year. His sophomore year, that's when he started having all the expectations while he had the points. He didn't have the moxie at late in big games. Again, when there was big time situations where you said Marcus Page was supposed to show up, he never did. And here we are. We're, we're, was he senior now, junior now? It doesn't matter where he he's is. Senior. He's a senior. And it's, it seems like he's a junior because I, I keep giving the benefit of the doubt and everyone does, but he shows time in and time out that he is not about this big game life. So, so I have a theory. My theory is that the longer you play for Roy Williams, the worse you get. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> unless you're Bryce Johnson. Unless you're Bryce Johnson. Right, um, right. Who, who you know, give Bryce Johnson credit. He's amazing. Um, he he single handedly. Well, I, I, you know, as you point out, Nate Britt had a, had an excellent game. Um, but Bryce Johnson was most of this team tonight, and and really kept them in it. And um, I mean, kept them in it against a against a Duke team that that only had five guys. You know, yeah. like how hard how hard should it be for Bryce Johnson to dominate this game? I, whatever. Um, I, I well, did want to also point so, out there was a there was a point on Marcus. I was going to say about Marcus Page. There was uh, one of the two baskets he made. He like drove to the hole and had made a nice move and laid it in. 
and then they and then they fly. I was I was also watching in a bar at a shout out to uh, Blake Street Tavern in, in Denver, Colorado. Um, but they they zoomed in on Marcus Page, and I was like, oh yeah, Marcus Page plays for UNC. I kind of forgot about that, even though we just previewed them the other night. <laughs> <laughs> so sh- shout out to my living room, which is where I watch the bo- watch the game. <laughs> hey, my hey, living room on nights is the best bar in town. The, the Evans couch, the Evans couch is a nice place to watch a, a ball game. Let me tell you, um, I, I the the looks on the fans of the Car- the Carolina fans after the game, <laughs> and, and they kept showing them. They kept showing the- them every time they they showed another person. Laughing Man Tavern would would erupted another cheer. Like literally, everything yeah. was showing some had, other had, person who looked sadder than the person heart. before him. <laughs> it was the 2012 um, Austin Rivers game all over again, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, I, I think we've. I think we've. Uh, I think we've slobbered over this game enough. Um, I just want to have everybody go around and pick players of the game, and then I think. Uh, I think we'll leave the rest of it um, for next week when we finish with the Louisville game and look ahead. Um, so, uh, Jason, I'll start with you. Give me a player of the game. I'm going to go with Brandon Ingram. Um, Twenty points, ten rebounds, led the team in both those c- categories. By the way, also led the team in assists. By the way, also led the team in blocks. Only had one turnover. Um, he had a tough defensive assignment, which he failed at. <laughs> yeah, but he, yeah, but that's okay. It's all right. Um, uh, when it came to be crunch time, when Duke absolutely positively had to win the game, Brandon Ingram was the guy taking some really, really difficult shots, um, sticking daggers in Carolina's heart. So my player of the game is Brandon Ingram. Donald? I'm breaking pro- protocol, guys. I'm going with everybody. That's, that's, that's my player of the game. I can't everybody. argue with it. I can't argue that's with fine. that. There's, I mean, there aren't that many guys to pick from, so picking yeah. everybody is fine. Every, I, I mean, everybody. Everybody who played, everybody who didn't play, the coaching staff, the managers, all the fans who were in attendance, anybody who watched this game who's a Duke fan, y'all are the players of the game. Everybody contributed to this victory, and I cannot pick – I will not pick anybody and single anybody out as the player of this game. I will go with everybody. My player of the game is Grayson Allen. Um, he didn't have the best stat line of the night, although he did score the most points. I wanted to give him player of the game because as many times as he got fouled and didn't get the call in his favor, oh, um, ridiculous. He, just, he just got right up and ran back on defense. That, that dude is the toughest dude on this team, on a team, on a team full of tough dudes. Um, Grayson Allen is, is a, I mean, if you want to, if you want to watch an athlete, um, you know, act just like with, with the with the best poise, the best attitude on the court. It's Grayson Allen because when he gets the ball, he's aggressive with it. He um, he's smart with it. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't turn it over all over the place, even though he he goes pretty hard. And when things don't go his way, he gets up and he and he puts his head down and, and goes to the other end of the floor and does his job. Um, and and I think that you know there may have been a little bit of of ref psychology going on where the refs were like, all right, well we we know that Grayson Allen got you know the call of his life in the last game against Virginia. And maybe that's true and maybe it's not. Uh, but the narrative certainly seemed to say that Grayson Allen got very lucky being allowed to shoot, you know, that he was traveling and et cetera, et cetera, at the end of the UVA game. And maybe they thought, you know what, we'll just swallow our whistles and let Grayson Allen deal with it if, uh, if the Carolina players want to mob him. And, and you know what, Allen took it tough. He didn't, he didn't go screaming at the refs. He didn't go screaming at the UNC guys. Um, you know, he let Coach K do his, his standard needling at the referees, but Grayson Allen just did his job. So um, I, I kind of wanted to pick Derek Thornton for his, for his defense at the end, but I think that Grayson Allen's toughness uh, was was exemplified the way that this team played at the end of this game and the way that they rallied to to beat UNC again with only five guys on the team. Um, 
So let's, uh, I, I guess you guys have any closing thoughts before we wrap this up? I wanted to keep this short. So yep. um, the, the, the ACC race is ridiculous, absurd, and crazy. There are six, six, six teams within one game of first place. And one of them is Duke. Oh, yes. Somehow. The Somehow Duke we're team, still in it. A Duke team that, that, that a couple weeks ago, people, people had written off. So that, that's, oh, what? Look, look guys, <laughs> two weeks ago, two weeks ago, we were unranked. And people were talking about whether we had enough to get into the NCAA tournament. And yeah. here we are. And we, said, yep. and we said a couple weeks ago on the podcast thing. that going into this Louisville, um, Virginia, UNC, Louisville stretch, that, that four-game stretch against four ranked opponents. Um, who, we were hoping you know, for one and three or yeah, two we were, and two, we were, maybe. We, I think we were, saying, we were saying like two and two would be, would be great. For, if they can go two and two against that, yeah. against that set, then, then they're fine. They'll get in the tournament. And three and oh so far, baby. Three and oh so far. And, uh, you know, obviously we don't know what's going to happen to Matt Jones. Uh, it, doesn't sound, it doesn't sound good for him. So, it didn't look. It did, can we talk about that for just a second? I, yeah. I, I saw some pictures online. Uh, his like, and this is not a this is not a hyperbole. His his foot. Uh, they showed a picture of his foot as he walked off the court, and it looked like a grapefruit with toes sticking out. It wasn't. It didn't look good. Uh, I I would not expect him. I don't know what what Coach K has said about the injury. Um, of course, they're probably evaluated tomorrow. Um, in in full in full length, but. Uh, I wouldn't expect him to play on Saturday. I wouldn't expect no, him to play I, I for, for quite a while. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Yeah. No. We're, we're enjoying. Maybe. We're enjoying a near miracle. But he's still my player of the game. He's still one of my players. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I, I guess there was. I, there was one more thing I wanted to ask, and I'll and I'll, I'll send it to Jason because he has a longer memory than we do. Um, Jason, where does this rank in the wins against Carolina um, for Duke of of like the ones that you've seen? Because you you've seen. A oh few. my God. I mean, oh my God! I, I've seen too many. I, I can't, I can't rank them. It's impossible. Um, but uh, you know, it wasn't like as aesthetically pleasing as some of the wins. As the Austin Rivers um, game. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, look. You know, the most fun are the times that we that we just house them, that we beat the bejesus out of them. Like, um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, well, well. I I hearken back. Um, uh, God, was it 2010? There, there's one year that we that we beat him by like 30 yeah, in the last game of the season. It was the last game of the season before going on with the 82-50. 82-50. to 50. Thank you Miles for reminding Plumlee. me. Miles Plumley uh, had the exclamation point at the end of that game. He had that. He that had he that did. Yeah. So, by the way, Duke has now won four in a row against Carolina. <laughs> Which is something what that they have what it hasn't rivalry. happened yeah. in like it has. They said it's something that hasn't happened in like ten years or something like that. That a team yeah. that Duke has won four in a row. Uh, yeah. yeah, unreal. I mean, yeah. listen. I, I mean, so I, I can't. I, you start having to have the Carolina guys go to class and and do homework and stuff. The 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 competition just just melts away. Are we sure I they're really going to class? Did you see that? Did you see that video uh, today about the kid who went down to uh, from a uh, Duke? Uh, <laughs> oh, that was awesome. <laughs> And he asked the, the guy, he asked the guy who's the player, and he said it was yeah. Justin Johnson because he was in a Spanish class. And like, oh, does he know Spanish? He's like, no, he knows zero Spanish. <laughs> well, the best part, I know, but the best part was he was like, uh, what do you think about Christian Leitner? And there's he's like, Christian Leitner's a legend around here. Like, <laughs> legend around here. Oh man, I love Christian Leitner. He's so great. Yeah. <laughs> what about Harry Stupid Carolina fan. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, Harry Johns is from my hometown. Yeah, he's from my hometown. He's gonna be great when he comes here next year. Yeah, uh, I feel 20, sorry for those guys. For those funny, funny story. Those Spoiler poor alert, going to class see. today. They're going into class today, and like their friends are like, 
Dude, you didn't know Christian Leitner played for Duke. Oh, oh. No. Wait, wait. Speaking of which, uh, I'd like to uh, issue a, a, a request to um, the administrators at Duke University. Uh, just give them the day off tomorrow. Let let the kids let the kids rest. Let them have fun tonight and let them rest. Uh, they're gonna they're probably gonna come to class anyway. But you know if they're gonna come if they're a little late, like you know a couple hours, then then let them. It, it's been a, it's gonna be a long night. Anti shout out to my um, professor of uh, airplane design junior year who uh, didn't cancel our quiz the morning after we won the national championship in 2010. Oh, oh my! Oh my! Uh, writing oh. twenty professor didn't do that either. But you know what? Yeah. I went to the uh, rally anyway. Uh, I went to the I went to the quiz. I took, it, I took it in two minutes. I I turned the quiz in at the front of the room, gave the professor the biggest stink eye, and then walked out to go to the uh, the celebration. And then I got to see. Um, so uh, on that on that happy note, I think we'll wrap it up. I'll talk to you guys again very soon. So um, for Jason Evans, for Donald Wine, I'm Sam Klein. Uh, <laughs> an unbelievable victory for Duke tonight. So uh, Duke band, take us home.